Well, that awesome to see so many faces and uh, just incredible memories that were built over the years here. Now, someone asked me, what is a founding member? And uh, I would define a founding member as someone who came the first year while we were at Springdale Chapel, or if you came the first year of the YMCA, or so, all right? So if you came like 14 months into the Y, then that, that's awesome. But um, a founding member, they were people that were kind of like pioneers. They caught the vision early. They were willing to uh, leave where they were and, and come into something that was unknown and grasp the vision and pursue the vision. And that's an exciting thing. And you can't do something like this without people like that. Um, in fact, I would say for myself, as a leader, I'm okay, I'm average. As a preacher, maybe decent, sometimes, sometimes not so decent. But, uh, you know, that's okay. Because nobody... Nobody gets where they are on their own. Nobody does. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to recognize a few people here. I wish I could recognize everybody. There's so many. Can we turn the lights all the way up, please? Light, light the auditorium so I can see people. All right. Oh, there we go. Oh, you are here. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, here's what I want to do. I want to say thank you, John Green, Phyllis Greens. Thank you. Stand up and just wave just for a minute, please. Thank you. Yeah. I want to say thank you, Ray and Carol Strecker. You guys stand up. Thank you. Thank you, Jim and Karen Hunter back here. You guys were here the very first summer. Thank you. This list is too long. I'm just going to read a few names. Skip and Linda Holmes. Gary and Karen Walton. Pam Helsher. Pam was member number one, other than Lori and myself. Mike and Betsy Annis. I think Mike and Betsy are back here somewhere, Lori said. Awesome, awesome. Great to have you guys here. Uh, Jim and Michelle Steinbeck, Todd and Natalie Feaster. I mean, the list goes on and on. I, I, I loved uh, seeing the picture of Tom Barger earlier. Tom was the very first prophet in this church. And he got my attention when he came to me one day and he said, what was going on with you and Lori last Tuesday night? He said, I was watching Law and Order about 930 and the Lord spoke to me and told me, turn the TV off and pray for them. And I, I, I thought back, and I said, you know what? Tuesday night at 9.30, we were having a pretty big fight. And uh, we were really, and in, 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 in so he caught my attention with that. But uh, it, it, so, so many other people here that have, have been so important to the church. A few other names, Larry and Ellen Crouch, Scott and Renee, uh, Todd and Natalie, Tom, Tom Barger, Bruce and Sandy Allray, and uh, Karen, Gary Walton. Um, pardon me? The Rhoda Bushes, yes. Right over here. Still here. So you guys stand up, wave, okay? Yeah. 
the Rhoda Bushes were here at the very beginning. I mean, even before Springdale Chapel. And uh, we, we did this thing on Easter, the, the right, right, the we, like within a couple weeks of us deciding to plant the church, where we came to the YMCA and we used the big room in the basement that we had uh, eventually rented and we made Easter cakes. And so if you know what an Easter cake is, you make a cake, you cut a hole in it, and, and then you make a little stone that's rolled away from the cave, and, and et cetera. But uh, you guys were there for that. Do you remember that? Yeah. So it's just so awesome. I want to have everyone who's a founding member stand up. If you came in the first year of the church or the first year or so of the YMC, would you just stand up, please? Okay, now, let me, let me talk. Let me say something first, okay? I know you want to clap for them. But... This building would not be here without these people. I see Gary Walton standing back there. Gary, how are you, man? Good to see you. This building would not be here without these people. And uh, it's an amazing thing. We'll try to share more on this later. But how the, how the building, the facility came about. But uh, let's, let's just clap for them. Would you, everyone stand up and cheer and clap for these people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dan and Lil back there. Dan and Lil Smoker. We love and appreciate you all. The next thing's gonna start now. <laughs> if you return to come in here, you'll see my dad and I have all kinds of amazing moments like that. <laughs> so you guys can come back up. And Tyler, will you come join us? Where's Tyler? We're gonna just spend a little time reminiscing, going down memory lane and hearing about uh, some early stories you know, surprise announcement, no one knows this, but Tyler is actually my parents' son. Um, <laughs> here's, my, here's one of my first memories. I was homeschooled in thir third, fourth, and second, third, and fourth grade, and this church started in, when I was going into fifth grade, and I remember just begging my dad one day, driving home, like, I just want to be homeschooled, so I want mom to be my teacher, please, please. And he's like, Wilson, do you want this church to work? I need her, I need her help. All right? So we're going to have a donation bucket at the end for therapy for me. Just all, all the crap I went through. No. Mom and dad, just start. Tell us about the mall. I thought that'd be a good place to start this conversation. Tell us about the mall. And, and if you don't want to start there, start wherever you want. But yeah. Well, you said to me, Mama, you seem so distracted. <laughs> When we were starting the church, so we were homeschooling, and yeah, I, that was kind of a cue to send you off to school. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> no, we went to the mall. Van, Van said, we need to just go to the mall, because that's what Steve does, is go to the mall. <laughs> and so we had this vision of the area that, we were, that God was calling us to reach. And so we sat down in the food court, and... We listed all the positions that were needed. 
think we came up with like 35, 37 spots and went out of them all discouraged thinking, where will we ever find 35 people that will help us do this? So only God, (laughs) but he gave us that desire to be part of a church plant way back when we went to an IFCA um, national leadership meeting and Van and I went to a church planting workshop and it was a seminar and it was the first time that it kind of entered into my brain that about church planting and it just kind of was a seed in my heart that went yes that's pretty exciting. IFCA was a fundamentalist organization like Baptists that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, a lot of great Baptists, don't, go, don't get me wrong. But uh, that conference happened in the 80s, and we both had the seeds of church planting put in our hearts then. It's awesome. So after that meeting, what was kind of like the next step of gather? How did you sort of gather people, and what happened next? We had a few people that came to us and we met with them. There were six, eight of us total and prayed together. And then uh, the second week, we had our first, um, our first big breakdown in one of those couples. 25% of the church left, let's put it that way. It, it wasn't a bad thing. They, they just realized that they weren't called to be part of it. And we started meeting in our basement for a prayer meeting. And um, just started inviting people. Uh, Tri-County Vineyard was so generous sending people our way. We met Ray and Carol very early on at, at uh, Tri- Tri-County and uh, talked to them. And they tied in very quickly. So, Our first um, time that we showed, I can be a fool for Christ. I'm a fool for Christ. I am a fool for Christ. <laughs> I can't Who's remember. Full Who's full are you? It's just so impactful. It's etched into <laughs> like her brain deeply. It was, it was a weekend when Van had to be out of town. He was probably uh, traveling with Steve. And so I said, well, we'll just show this. And it was just so um, catalytic to everyone. They went, yeah, that's what we want to be. It's awesome. Who was there? Who, who remembers watching I'm a Fool for Christ? Who's full are you in the Wesleyan church that we used on one side Pam remembers that, and Skip remembers that, awesome. All right, so when did we actually start having services, like kind of open to the public, or Springdale Chapel, was that open to the public? How did Springdale Chapel work, the next place we met? Our first, first thing we did was we had an interest meeting at the Presbyterian Church down by the high school, and I think we had 75 people come to it, so that was really cool. Yeah, yeah we just... We canvassed all over the community trying to find a meeting space. And it's such a God story how we ended up at Springdale Chapel. Yeah, I was driving by. John was working very hard on this. Just we're, we're all desperately going and visiting every uh, beer garden and every place in the area that, that had a big room in it. And uh, I was driving past the Springdale Chapel one day. I saw a guy in the parking lot stopped, told him what we were doing. It ended up, he was a deacon at the church. He said, that's the kind of thing our church likes to do. And so that was a Thursday. The next Monday, the pastor gave us the key to the church and said, here, just have as many copies made as you need. Ova Helton, and it was Springdale Chapel right up here on Springdale Road. What was the focus of that time, meeting at Springdale Chapel, what was your guys' heart there on those Saturday nights? 
Yeah, my intent was to make it less than a Sunday morning service, make it more like a Sunday school class where we were able to teach and, and, and kind of congeal the atmosphere and the vision that, that we wanted to, you know, really felt like God was calling us to as a church. I, th I think we moved more in the direction of it being an actual service after not too long. But that was the goal. And originally our intent was meet there for three months and then go to Sunday mornings in the fall. But uh, we weren't able to do that because of some restrictions the local high schools have here. But uh, we ended up being in Springdale Chapel for close to a year. Yeah. Wow. And Tyler, this is when you enter the picture, right? Yeah, at some point, well, early on, Van considers himself to have been the worship leader. How many of you were there when I led worship? Yeah. I found out. We will also get counseling for you. I found out that what that meant was that he would uh, tell the, the band to play this song, to listen to it on the CD and then play it, and then Van would tell them what they did wrong. <laughs> so this morning is also functioning as a roast, if you're familiar with that. <laughs> so at some point, Van, um, I started uh, attending the worship uh, band practices, and uh, at some point Van asked me if I would be the worship leader. And I said, that sounds great. I'll need a guitar for that. So we went shopping for a guitar yeah, that, that day. I think. Who is anyone in the room know the name of that first guitar? What brand it was? We don't got enough of the old worship people here. But. No. It's in, in South Africa now. Yeah. It was a guild, right? It was a guild. That's sweet. And it's in Africa now, right? Yeah. We, there's a church plant that we've been part of there and Luke and I took it and gave it away to them. We said, Lord doing you guys, we didn't us. It was not that great of a guitar. <laughs> All right, so there's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about, but let's hit the YMCA days and then go from there into the building campaign. And I'm not gonna ask any questions. You guys just talk about that. YMCA, say a couple things about the YMCA and then take us to the building campaign. Well, we started our offices at the Resource Center on Clara Avenue and it was an old bank and it was way too small, and so we were able to get a new resource center across the street, which was had at two levels, so we had a little me bit of a meeting room and offices in the upstairs, and so the bottoms was where we held our first Vineyard 101, a newcomer's lunch, and we started Alpha. Can, can I talk about Alpha? <laughs> Alpha is a global... Um, movement uh, to introduce people that are not churched into uh, the kingdom of God. And so we saw this as a perfect way to grow our church from um, new believers, unchurched people. We just wanted to gather. And Alpha is just the, one of the best ways to uh, reach out. And the church, it's all about the church. And so it takes people making dinner for all the guests it takes leaders, it takes training. And so it was a wonderful, to me, a discipleship program. And um, one thing that Nikki said, Nikki Gumbel, who started the program in Holy Trinity Brompton in England, said that you, if you wanna start Alpha, you need to run it three times a year for three years, and then it'll stick. And so me being the real rule keeper, 
I went after that. (laughs) And we ended up even having one at the smoker's home because, um, you know, it was just... It was just challenges, so it was um, it was something that I think really helped grow the church. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you've been through Alpha, and keep it up if you've awesome. been a leader in Alpha. Come on, awesome, great. Yeah, YMCA days. Uh, Alpha was a, a huge part of our church's growth, I believe. And um, when we went to the Y, I, I remember the night, the last weekend, at Springdale Chapel, as I was contemplating this all. I said to us all, I said, we've had a taste of what it's like to stay home and drink coffee and read the newspaper on Sunday mornings. And so we have some idea what we're up against right now because when we were having church on Saturday nights, you know, many of us did not go anywhere on Sunday morning. And, um, but with Tyler at the helm of worship, and by the way, when I was talking about founding members, I don't think I mentioned Tyler's name. Did I? But Tyler is a founding member. Without him, we would not be here. Yeah. And and so um, uh, John and I uh, were negotiating with the YMCA for what, like eight months, I think it was. And uh, before we finally got the, the whole deal sealed with them, would not have happened without John Green and his uh, negotiating skill. But uh, we finally got that settled and uh, were able to move into the YMCA. We had like 139 people, I think, the first Sunday. And uh, you know, being there, it was an exciting thing because moving to Sundays and, and being more available and accessible to people uh, it enabled us to grow. And uh, I, I remember one of the pictures that you saw earlier was of the YMCA when it was just filled, you know, just packed. And um, that, that was one of those Sundays while we're worshiping, I was standing and worshiping and also, well, no, I wasn't worshiping. I was worrying. And I, I was, oh God, what are we going to do? You know, how are we, where are we going to go to take this thing to the next step? Because we couldn't find any, uh, any land or any, uh, any, any other facility to meet in that would have a larger auditorium and also have room for the kids and everything. And the Y was really a great place for us uh, in those respects. But uh, I want to back up a step. When we were praying about the Y, I remember Steve uh, Shoger, my church planning coach, told me, well, have all your people who are members of the Y go to the Y and walk around praying in tongues. And, uh, and we'll just claim that spot. And so we did get it. But um, that Sunday when it was packed, I'm just saying, God, what are we going to do? Show us what to do. And God spoke to me real clearly with, simply with the words, test me. And I took that as, um, as uh, test me in the sense of Malachi 3. You know, just check it out. See what I can do. Step out. Test me. And um, it was shortly after that that this property came available and uh, we were blessed at the very beginning to have a company here in Cincinnati that uh, where the owner of that company had uh, been saved in the very first vineyard, Ken Gullickson's vineyard, even before John Wimber. And, um, and the CEO of that company came to our church, was a member of our church. And that company gave us $5,000 a month for, I'm thinking 18 to 24 months, something in that range. Uh, I suppose we could go back and check the records. But John was wise enough to say, we can't build our budget based on this, our operating budget. 
because it's, you know, it's unstable. We don't know, you know when it's going to end. And so we saved that all for capital uh, expenses. And in other words, when we came to the point that we could buy land, this land came available. We had the money in the bank to buy it. And, uh, and just through an amazing set of circumstances, we were able to buy this uh, incredible piece of property and, um, and move into it a couple years later. But uh, do you want yeah. to direct this a different way? Yeah, so tell us about the one-day offering really quick. Okay, so, um, in, uh, and again, John Green was spearheading this. Um, uh, Ray was on the, the, church, the uh, church facility team. Mike Annis was on that team and a number of others. But... Um, we um, we talked to different banks, and we only existed for four years. And so they wanted a five-year track record, even though we had stellar books because John kept the books, once again. And, um, oh, Renee, okay, <laughs> Renee. I didn't mention Renee and Scott earlier, but Renee Osterfeld, just incredible, incredible, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, John. And uh, we would not be here without Renee having been in the role she was in for the years that she was. But um, so we found PNC Bank agreed to, to work with us, but we had to come up with $500,000. And so we, we had bought this land. We had a facilities team together, and we put together a giving, uh, giving emphasis that we called the next step. And we called it that because we didn't think it was the final step. It was just the next step for this church. And um, we had a, uh, a big day. We called it First Fruits Offering Day. Needed to get 500000 Again, with my great faith, I woke up that morning and I thought, oh, man, I'm an idiot. What's going to happen? You know, <laughs> we'll be lucky to get $200,000. We got close to $750,000 in a one-day offering. It was amazing. I mean, people gave, obviously, they gave cash, they gave stock, bonds, they gave jewelry, they gave family heirlooms, uh, a coin collection, just property. Someone gave property that we were able to sell and, and use. But it was an amazing, amazing day. Man, so incredible. So good to hear. It's so important for us to keep our mind present on how the amazing story behind us, how God brought us here. Um, we could do this for another like, hour probably, but Steve Shogren's here to preach, and uh, we're going to transition to that in just a moment, but I want to ask Tyler one more question. But while I'm on Steve, servant evangelism was a really important part of this church's beginning. Ray Strecker headed that up, created a culture of serving our community here, and um, yeah, we, we really want to and need to get back to that in Coleraine. So thank you so much, Ray, for and everyone else that you know, poured their blood, sweat, and tears on Saturday mornings and got their hands really cold and ice buckets full of Coke. Um, Certain Angel was huge. Another thing we just want to hit is we started a partnership to plant a church in Guatemala then. Who's been to Guatemala in the room? Come on. Hola. Um, that was an amazing time. It was really very special for us to get to pour in there. But Tyler, worship has been one of the most... Um, significant things the Lord, I think, has trusted this church with. I think it's one of the pieces of our DNA that we have kind of consistently held on to, and that really starts with your leadership. Um, tell us, who empowered you for the very first time to lead worship? Uh, for the very first time? Yeah, ever. Okay. A hundred years ago, I was working at... <laughs> 
I was at um, a, a VCC, uh, the big vineyard over in Springdale. I, I was the sound guy. And uh, the, the guy who had, uh, had previously done sound, he, had, he left in a hurry, and, and Dave hired me to, to, to come on. And one day I was hanging out with Dave Workman, who was uh, the worship leader back then, and he said, you play guitar, don't you, Tyler? I'm like, a little? And he, goes, and he said, great. You start leading worship on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights from now on. And that's, that's how I became a worship leader. Come on. I was trying to convince Tyler to shave his head for this Sunday, but he just wouldn't, wouldn't go for it. That's the do he used to have. All right, now before uh, I hand it back to my dad to introduce Steve, there's someone we want to honor right now, Everett Henry. So can we throw the picture up at Everett? Everett oversaw the uh, whole project of this building being built. Um, just amazing man. Yeah, let's just give it up for him one more time. And one, one more time, let's just cheer for the uh, founding members. All right, I'm going to hand it to you to introduce Steve. Thank you. With Tyler, um, it was interesting. When he first came to the church, I knew he was a worship leader. I knew he was going to be a great worship leader. But um, I, I just had the sense that I needed to hang back and let him come and just become part of things for a while. And uh, what happened, uh, one of Steve uh, Shogren's assistants, Steve Bowen, came to me. This is when I was the worship leader, okay? I'm working with the worship team. And he said, hey, he said, I heard you have one of the best worship leaders in the city at your church, and you're not using him, and I heard that your worship sucks. <laughs> so that was kind of an impetus for me to, you know, to make a move on this. But um, it really is my privilege to introduce Steve Shogren to you. Uh, Steve is the founding pastor of the uh, Cincinnati Vineyard in the Tri-County area. And I, I was so privileged to have him as church planting coach uh, here in, in, in establishing this church. And um, something about Steve, Steve originated the whole concept of, I think what was called originally servant evangelism, but probably better title today is kindness outreach, which is what we did yesterday, which by the way, we had 100 people come to. It was an awesome event. And so it's gone around the world. I can't tell you how many places I've been where when I tell people I'm from Cincinnati, they say, oh, do you know Steve Shogren? And I said, Steve, my buddy? Yeah, yeah. He was my church planning coach and, and all of that. And then people line up to buy me drinks, you know, after that, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. But uh, the great thing about Steve, Steve, come on up, okay? Um, when I would meet with Steve, I'd go into meetings kind of like thinking, oh, can I do this? A little bit discouraged. I'd always come away from those meetings feeling confident and, and, and feeling like, yeah, I can do this. And mainly, I think it was Steve liked me. So <laughs> Steve Shogren, let's stand up and welcome Steve. Thank okay? you. Wow. <laughs> Aww. Thank you. 
You guys are all right. I don't care what the inquirer says about you guys. You're all right. I, but uh, yeah, I, you don't care either. Good. I, but uh, you know, I've never done this before I, that I recall, but I actually kind of rewrote my whole message sitting there during worship. And no, I'm serious. And I, I, I have not had live indoor worship for a long time. So I just sat there and wept. And uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, it's good stuff. Um, I'm going to talk today um, about my new message, which is about 10 minutes old now. <laughs> no, but um, the, the, the idea, some of you guys know me well enough, I've used this phrase, ready, fire, aim, over the years, haven't you? Ready, fire, aim. And in other words, uh, I am against ready, aim, ready, aim, ready, aim, and it, dot, 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 ready, aim, forever. It's, it, we are not the dyslexic stuttering firing squad <laughs> ready aim ready aim you never get to fire you with me here just keep stuttering and so uh what i've been about is um ready fire aim and i want to talk just for a little bit about that in acts 10 jesus is referred to by peter uh, as the one who went about doing good to all kinds of people you, you're familiar with the verse it's he goes to on his way to cornelius god's he's on a rooftop He's kind of mining his own beeswax, as he said in the 60s. And uh, all of a sudden, God interrupts him in his growling stomach and says, uh, here's all these animals that are unclean, da-da-da. What do you think about that? He goes, I would never do that. And God says, uh, do it. And he shows him again, I would never do that. Uh, but uh, if you will just love as I love and accept as I accept and embrace as I embrace, everything's going to change. The next thing you know, there's a knock at the door. It is not Avon, nor is the Jehovah's Witnesses. It is uh, these guys have been sent by Corny, as his friends call him, Cornelius. And uh, he shows up, you want to come with us? They spend the night together. Uh, they go up the next day. They go on their way. Peter is the master of the spontaneous message. Would you agree? Yeah. Acts 2, here in uh, Acts 10, is sometimes called the Pentecost for... Norwegians, I mean Gentiles, and uh, uh, turns out that I'm Norwegian, go figure. Uh, but uh, as he went about doing that, he's thinking, what am I going to do, what am I going to say? And wouldn't you know it, that the, he didn't have 5G at the time, it was like down to 3G, and so he couldn't pick up his uh, Bible app, okay, you with me? So he's kind of flying by the seat of his toga, and uh, what he, <laughs> again, this is 10 minutes old, so don't, don't, <laughs> Maybe different at the next service. Uh, but um, what he did is he, he was willing to go. Ready, fire, aim. If you ask me, ready, fire, aim. Acts 2 is the same thing. Ready, fire, aim. But was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. Was it together? Uh, it was inspired for sure. Ready, fire, aim. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is by G.K. Chesterton. You guys know his name maybe. He's just a wonderful, incredibly spirit-filled Catholic believer. He said, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Isn't that great? I like to paraphrase this slide. Anything worth doing is worth doing wrong. And, and I think that what we have seen here, what we have seen at uh, Springdale across the city is what was worth doing wrong, and fire, 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 fire. And um, we've had people leave over the years, uh, I'm sure you have too, Van, and uh, who didn't like the fire, fire, fire. They thought we should do ready, aim, you know, <laughs> go figure. Ready, get set, go. And I was into the ready, go, get set, you see? And I could see how that would discombobulate people who are clear thinkers. <laughs> And I could see how they would leave and whatever, but um, 
God bless America and God bless Shell gas stations, as uh, uh, 700 WLW says. Uh, I listen to that all the time, by the way. I have an Alexa device, and I, I just listen to Gilbert Gnarly. Some of you guys know. And, you know, okay. Okay. Earl Pitts, American. Okay, that kind of stuff. It's just, if you're new to Cincinnati, you got to get an Alexa. A, B is listen to our Earl Pitts and so forth and so on. Anyway, uh, God bless America. God bless Shell gas stations, as he says. And what I, what I remember very clearly in the developing of the ready firing, because I tend to think as a uh, ready, 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 aim, 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 aim. You know, we're not quite done readying yet. <laughs> Back to ready. And Jesus doesn't do it that way. Peter doesn't do it that way. And I, I love verse 38 in Acts 10. Jesus went about, secondly, doing good to the people. And I love the end of it. God was with him. I think it's a ready fire aim deal all over the place here. He, God was with him in the end. I had a similar thing happen to me. I, I was here for several years, uh, utterly frustrated. I was with Ken, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, Ken on week one had 200 people in Westwood. He, he started the actual vineyard, the beginning vineyard up in the valley area of Los Angeles. Came down to Westwood area by UCLA. First Sunday, 200 people. I thought, <laughs> I love when the kingdom shows up. And, and so a year later had about 1,500 people. It did help that Bob Dylan was going to the church. Beyond, <laughs> Want to go to church? No, I don't know. Bob Dylan. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> you think we'll get his autograph? I doubt it. Okay. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I left there, went to Oslo, Norway, planted. And after a year had about 40, 50 people. And I thought I was an utter failure. And then came to Cincinnati. Between that, I helped plant a, a friend in Baltimore. Okay, a lot of planting going on here. And uh, got here is really our fourth effort of planting. And I was, uh, uh, after a year and a half, I was so discouraged, so discombobulated over the whole thing of, you know, God is not with us. And, you know, let's call it the Ichabod Christian Fellowship. You know, God is gone. You know, I don't know. But uh, can I get my water? Kenny, could you bring it up here? Thank you, sir. They said, don't go more than two and a half hours. And I said, okay, I'm, uh, no, just a few more minutes and I'm done. Um, but anyway, uh, I remember uh, thinking, God, you know, what is wrong here? After a year and a half, had about um, maybe 17 people. Started Sunday mornings at the Square Dance Barn, which is now Motel 8. Thank you very much. Over on Route 4. And uh, our first Sunday had 37, but 20 came from Indianapolis. So <laughs> the next Sunday, they didn't come back. Dag on it. Uh, but about that time, God said, uh, who's empowering are you talking about? If you're going to do the ready, fire, aim, you've got to have some empowering going on. And so I was just doing the ready, aim, ready, fire, ready, fire. That's what I got to at that point. I, I, I know, again, I'm sorry, I've been giving you a lot at once here. Hopefully you can track with me. Um, and uh, what happened was uh, one morning I was walking across my, the parking lot at this bus barn where I worked. And I was complaining to God, God, nothing is going on. You know, I, I'm not really a pastor because there's no people. I'd be happy to be a pastor if there are people. Because there are no people, I'm not a pastor. And so, <laughs> and I, I remember God saying to me so clearly, God, Steve, the problem is, if you'll just begin to do what Jesus did, cool things will happen. Don't worry about it. And in fact, he told me the problem will not be, are there people, but what do you do with all the people? Just do what Jesus did. Ready? And again, it was an affirmation. Ready, fire. Ready, fire, aim. And, and I got to the point of realizing that I had not really 
Once you do the ready and the fire, you need the aim. Now here's what I think the aim was in that text. Jesus went about doing good to all the people. By the way, how much, what's the limits on doing good? (laughs) I'm getting chills here. There is no end because there are a lot of people on planet Earth and they're dying to experience the, the goodness of God. The kindness of God leads to radical life change, Romans 2, 4. The radical life change, they're, they're dying for it. But you gotta go from ready, fire. You need the, the aim part. And this is the part that was cool. For God was with him. He did this, he did this, and boom, bada bing, as they say on Sopranos, boom, bada bing, for God was with him. And what happened with me was, and I'm gonna tell you one last story, and we'll, we'll call it, um, but uh, about that time of the ready, aim, fire, fire, fire. Somebody said, hey, there's this guy up in Oxford you ought to meet. And I said, what's his name? Bob Jones. Some of you guys know that name. And not Bob Jones University in South Carolina, thank you, but uh, a different Bob Jones. The guy who was struck by lightning from Missouri, okay? That's a whole other story. But, uh, but anyway, they said, you got to meet this guy, kind of fun. And da, 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 da. we'd been doing all sorts of stuff. And I was kind of getting pooped out. Ready, fire, ready, fire. And I needed, you know, some... Uh, you know, God was with him stuff. I show up up there. Uh, here's Bob, his wife, Viola, which is a character. She had a full set of dentures. As she speaks, as she sits there waiting for him to get in a talkie, she flips her dentures an entire 360. <laughs> but it, it's, it's strained. I, I, I'm like, can I just help you? You know, uh, well, just a little. And so he's over here talking, and there's Viola. That is a cool name, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I have not met a Viola since then, you know, but uh, anyway, uh, we walk in the place. I'm with Dana Cocker, some of you guys know her. I'm with uh, Kenny's there over here. Um, me, of course, another guy who died along the way, and on it goes. And uh, so we're walking in, and we're like five of us. I'm like second in line. He points at me, and he goes, there he is, the trash collector. <laughs> and uh, I, I realized at that moment um, that God did not send me, nor did he send Van and Lori, et cetera, et cetera, to plant a church. <laughs> um, he says to, <laughs> to change the city. Not to plant a church, but to change the city. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he went about doing good, for God was with him. And uh, Bob said, you're the trash collector of Cincinnati. These people that don't even trust church, they, they, (laughs) oh God, they're willing to trust you guys, not me, but you guys, because they know that that you guys are trustworthy, that you could, you guys love the unlovable. You guys willing to open your arms, ready, fire, aim. He goes, let me pray for you. And I said, (laughs) Okay, whatever. She's over there flipping her dentures. Viola. <laughs> one more time. Okay, thank you. That was, a, that was more than 360. I think you need to do it one more time. Okay, anyway. Um, and he says, let me, let me, he didn't say, may I pray for you. Okay, what he said was, God, get him. <laughs> I didn't look because at that moment, I leaned forward. Kenny was there, he remembers. My arms went back like this, like I was in a ski jump, uh, the Norwegian Olympics or something, you know. And I'm leaning far forward, and Janie says, I swear, I never swear, she says, but I swear, this defied gravity. <laughs> and as I was there, this, um, 
well, not to get too weird about it, but if you're brand new today, this is what we often talk about at Vineyard Northwest. The, the phenomena, it was like somebody's blowing uh, compressed air from up here, down to here, down to here. My tongue was electrified like it had uh, an overdose of Novocaine in it, down to here. And uh, I thought I might as well go to the dentist while I'm at it. You know, I said, we're all ready here. But uh, it went on and, got, and Bob Jones said, give him more, Lord. And it goes on probably for no more than three minutes. But I, my heart was going, gunk, 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 gunk. And uh, I started going, no more, Lord. <laughs> it's my, thank God I was a ventriloquist in a previous lifetime. Okay, no more, Lord. And uh, got done and I was completely exhausted. I sit down and here's... Uh, Kenny, Janie, whatever, goes, who's next? And they all looked at like this. <laughs> Ready, fire, aim, for God was with him. He's with us, and he is big time interested in changing a city. Planting more churches, yeah, but changing a city, first and foremost, above everything else. Jesus, we pray that you would, uh, let's stand up, okay, that you would change our city. God, we didn't join up to, uh, to watch or to maintain. Now, Lord, come and get us, we pray. If that's your heart, just to be coming gotten by the Lord, just put your hands up in front of you like we did earlier. Lord God, come, in, come and get us, Lord. Touch us, Lord, fill us. We pray that you would let us fall in love with ready fire aim, Lord God. Fire. We receive that, Lord God. We pray that you would uh, empower us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay here for a sec. Oh, you here? Jim and Doug, will you come up here? And Jeff and my mom and dad. We just, and uh, forgot your name, but come on up, bro. <laughs> um, Ken. Steve, you just released stuff and deposited stuff here, but we really just had a sense too. We wanted to bless the next 20 years of your ministry worldwide, internationally, everywhere. So guys, come on over. Let's lay hands on Steve and reach your hands towards Steve. Let's just bless him and Janie for uh, more. You know, Right away, I just hear Caleb and Joshua. We bless you, Steve and Janie, as Caleb and Joshua's. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to never, yeah, the strength, supernatural strength, supernatural endurance, we bless you in Jesus' name as Caleb and Joshua's with more promised land to take. There's more for you guys to take. We bless you in Jesus' name for all of it. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, there's giants to slay still. We bless you to slay those suckers. In Jesus' name, enjoy, enjoy. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. More cities, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> You're all right, man. Thank you.